Hi guys and welcome to the fourth podcast of Africa Sports Unified. Yeah, I know it's been a while, but we're back, back to being consistent and back to your good podcast. So today, I don't know what to say, but I'm looking forward to this podcast though. I've got two of my uh, good friends, former colleagues, I don't know, business partners, but I've got two of my good mates here with me today, Paul and Aristote. Um, they're gonna, I want to get them to introduce themselves later on, but today we're going to have a candid talk get diaspora's point of view on the African sports business market. And just to give you a definition, I found one on the um, African Union website, which I thought was quite good. And it described the diaspora as people of African origin living outside the continent, irrespective of their citizenship and nationality, and who are willing to contribute to the development of the continent and building of the African Union. It's a bit long, but especially like the last bit, where it talks about giving back and building the um, African Union, which is good. But now, just introduce um, Paul and Ari, Aristote. But yeah, Paul, you introduce yourselves? Yeah, sure, I'll go ahead. So uh, my name is Paul Adesoye. Um, like Gabriel said, we have known Gabriel a long time now. Yeah, um, we worked in, I guess, various capacities together. But um, why am I passionate about kind of the African business market and the African sports business market in particular? It's a number of reasons. Um, the first being, if you, if you look at that definition that Gabriel just spoke about, I am of African origin. Um, I'm big on sports. And to be honest, actually, um, I'm an economics graduate. Gabriel's also an economics graduate. And so all three of them kind of mess together. So it's only kind of a natural explanation as to why I'm so interested in the African sports business market. Um, so that's my, my answer there. Um, I'll leave it at that. I'm sure we're going to dig in a yep. bit deeper. And uh, Aris, if you want to go ahead and uh, introduce yourself. <laughs> um, my name is Aristotle Diamos Andorano. Um, same with everybody else. Uh, the diaspora of Africa from Congo originally. Um, the, pa the passion just lies within the continent um, from, that's it. Um, the, ele the elements of trying to provide opportunities and build our continent mm. to be as good as everywhere else is while ensuring that we can maintain our culture and identity at the same time. Um, as Gabriel and Paul said, yeah, Gabriel probably explained further that how we met and so forth, yeah. and how, you know, how the idea came across. So we are looking forward to contributing to the ASU podcast and providing our insights the best way possible. Yeah, and, Aris, and as Aries just mentioned, we met all three of us met our, our masters um, at Birkbeck. But me and Paul started 2013, isn't it? Yes, 2013. We've done it over two years. Aris came in the second year, done it in one year. But that's where we met. Um, I don't know what made us talk to each other. Maybe, we, I don't know. No, George was black as well, right? So he yeah. was there. Yeah. But um, <laughs> I don't know. Familiarity in that sense. But um, yeah, we just started talking, found that we had the same passions, and yeah, went from there. Yeah. To Gable has told a little bit of a lie. I actually met Gable in 2008 on oh, yeah, an undergraduate yeah, degree. But um, yeah, that is true. <laughs> we did meet again. But yeah, now that you guys heard a bit about Paul and Iris, um, yeah, I just want to get straight into it, to be honest with you. Um, first of all, you guys, if you think over time, where do you think, or what country do you think has the biggest like African diaspora? Nigeria's got the biggest diaspora by far. Yeah. No, in terms of like where the Africans have gone to, does that make sense? Oh, um, yeah. Well, census census show that it, it indicates they look at Afro Caribbean, but when you look at France, it's probably yeah. the biggest. Yeah. Um, in regards to because the country, my country, they colonize my people that yeah. go there. It's, yeah. It's, it's massive. Yeah. Um, but Afro Caribbean sense, and you've got yeah. the UK, but Colum France is, is is by far probably biggest in, in Europe, yeah. in Europe anyway, that's kind of steps yeah, up as well, yeah, yeah. so yeah. Would you report? Well yeah, I, I'm, I'm inclined to agree with Aris, um, I think if you look at the UK, then obviously you have a, a large amount of West Africans, mainly uh, Ghanaians and Nigerians, but if you look at the demographic of France, obviously you have the, the Francophone countries, you have the Senegalese, you have the Malians, um, the, probably the big contingent that we may not focus on that much actually is probably the, the North Africans, so yeah, that's true. The Algerians, the Moroccans, yeah. there's, there's a, a huge demographic of those in France, so when you combine all of 
the French speaking African countries. Mm. I mean, nothing is probably streets ahead of, yeah. uh, of the UK. Yeah, you're right. <clears throat> um, Aris is right in terms of Europe, it's France, but I've gone on the World Atlas and I've checked. And so, first is Brazil, <laughs> then United States, then Haiti, then Dominican Republic, then Colombia, then France, first European one. Venezuela, Jamaica, UK, the Mexico. Uh, that's, I mean, that's gone back to history. That's, yeah, 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 that, that's yes. gone back to history. Back yeah. We're talking about the first generation of yeah. current, yeah. since, since, since uh, yeah. the World War. But it's probably, it's probably still the same in terms of France being the, um, the number yeah. one. Yeah. 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 I think they'd probably be world number one if you take the post, post-war yeah. Yeah. statistics. Yeah. yeah. If you did, uh, tell them where you're from, Iris. Congo. Yeah, speaks French and Ghana, right? Congo and Ghana, French, and yeah, so really. And some English. <laughs> but yeah, decent. Um, so you just get trained, as I said. So, what's your obviously we've all studied a master. What is your perspective? Maybe before we done our masters, what was your perspective of sports in Africa? Not just like for yourselves, but thinking of like people our age in the in the Western world. How do you think their perspective is of sport back home in Africa? That's, that's a great question. Um, I think I think the perception of sport in Africa, it, I don't think there isn't much of a perception, to be honest, to the common person, mm. um, I'd say. Um, here in Europe, I don't think there are many of, of us Africans that I hear that probably care too much about kind of the sport in Africa. So the Nigerian leagues, the Ghanaian leagues, I'm sure if you asked... The most avid football fan from here who is of African descent, who like the top clubs in their native country are, I don't think many of them would probably would probably know. Yeah. Um, and again, it's a lot to do with perception that you know maybe the quality isn't as good as European football, or, or maybe even American football if you like American mm-hmm. soccer rather. Um, so and it's not as glitzy, glamorous. It's kind of underdeveloped, which I'm sure there are. There is a bit of truth to, to all of all of these things, yeah. but um, just and for that reason, there is actually a room for a huge potential. So, so yeah, yeah. So you think our general perspective or our own? Personal? I guess a bit a bit of both. Like yeah. your own, and then what you think like the Western view of sport in Africa is. Yeah. <clears throat> I think my own perspective in regards to Africa. Um, Obviously, we all know and we all probably agree the talent base, yeah. you know, it's the raw talent base is there in all aspects of sports. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, but where the struggle is, for me, it was the access and trying to um, identify where I can, mm-hmm. you know, view these <laughs> different sports. That's all it was. Yeah. Um, the entertainment side, for sure, I'm more, I'm more attached to the culture, yeah. the different cultures of Africa than all that were being brought up in, yeah. in Europe and so forth. But I'm still more attached to the, the behaviours and the reactions and the yeah. instant reactions of the way Africans do things. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I find that more attractive to me in some sense. The only problem was, like African combination, I'd rather watch that than I watch the European Championships, yeah. personally. Simply because the, the celebrations, the, the, the attack on football and so forth, yeah. you know, similar with South America, it's just, culture is just, just there with them, so they feel more attached. Um, so it was always being there for me, but it's just finding a connection where to view these, you know, different yeah. a- 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 African sports, yeah. and that's the difficulty, difficulties that we face living yeah. in the diaspora. Um, but uh, the general perspective, if I look at the diaspora as a whole, I think um, it's, it's probably the lack of knowledge mm, that's um, true. from the diasporas and not wanting to participate or not really taking steps, I don't know, you guys can argue or, or, mm. or come in how you want um, yeah. to to see where the opportunities lay and you know to see what what what, what the ongoing political yeah. situations are yeah. in the different regions in Africa and so forth, not just within their own countries yeah. or those that speak similar language to them, but that's that that's the that's the angle that is it's too much going on in Europe first of all anyway in your in your the second motherland whatever you yeah. call it to think about what's going on in your motherland yeah. as yeah. you know identify the opportunities there so. You might not want to be bothered because yeah. there's a perception already like yeah. there's a failure yeah. <laughs> within yeah. a continent. So I don't know how you guys see it in that, in that regard. I just think yeah, there's, there's not really a drive from the general 
the populace of the diaspora, especially in Britain anyway. Yeah. Especially in the UK. I speak differently in regards to France because I mean, as, as I got of family in France and I always go to France all the time, there is a, a hardcore connection in regards to being <laughs> Senegalese or yeah. being um, Algerian, being Congolese and so mm-hmm. forth and so forth. So, uh, yeah. I think I think the same could be said of the UK. But I mean, the hardcore connection that you speak of in France, say the Senegalese or the Malians or whoever it may be, would you say that also translate in the way they consume African sport or African... Or how they consume African sport? Um, the knowledge that they attain of the, the teams, yeah, for sure, is better in France than it is in the UK. Okay. So for the local teams or the, the local African yeah. teams, yeah. that makes yeah. sense, within their countries, yes. sorry, yeah. not just within like yeah. like Horari and Guinea the yeah. Congolese won't know that team yeah. there but they won't know that TP Mazembe and so yeah. forth and so forth yeah. and so forth but yeah that's what I'll say more mm. interesting you say that <clears throat> but <clears throat> as you guys touched on previously about like perspectives and stuff like that why do you think that is though like in terms of how people view sport back in, in our own continent so for example like if you try to speak to, like, we've all liaised with people who work in sport and whatnot, yeah? So mm. if we try and speak to someone about, oh, maybe doing stuff in Africa, it's usually a bit like, do you know what I mean? Like, um, why, why is that? It's probably an issue that transcends sport. Yeah. If someone right. said to you, let's go and do a business deal, taking away sport in Africa, yeah. you'd probably have the same reaction. Yeah, yeah. I think the problem is, I think most of the aspects is an ego. Mm. Like, we, we, we probably don't know it's an ego. But it's just something that's, I, I think personally, what I've come to realise that working in Guinea now, in Togo, Cameroon, it's more of an ego thing because I, I was speaking to a lot of Africans, very forward thinking, yeah. you know, I think personally, most Africans are very entrepreneurial in, in their approach, yeah. you know, because they have to survive. So, yeah. so they are entrepreneurial, people have to make money somehow. So it's the essence of how do you balance their culture with your culture of learning in the West, mm-hmm. but not bringing your approach to the West, because, yeah. you know, China, they've got their own approach of doing things. Yeah. But us, the, the aspects, we want to bring our Western culture and say, this is how you do things. Mm-hmm. And we had to manage their culture. That's not yeah. We yeah. had to manage their culture already, what they've got yeah. there, and manage our one as well. At the same time, how can we say that, that together yeah. to create something? But we come in the approach of a Western way, thinking, this is the way that we do it there. No, way's do, better, our way's better. So even yeah. if they don't reply to emails and reply to things later, just yeah. <laughs> manage that in some yeah. sense. You know, manage that within your business dealings and yeah. so forth and so forth. And if, if if you're scared of payments not being paid yeah. or stuff like that, manage that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, this is the essence of us the aspects managing that their yeah. relationships the best way possible yeah. for yeah. that culture there. Yes. You know, that's uh, funny you say that because even um, today I was speaking with uh, one of the MDs of the company that I work for. And I've been liaised with someone in Kenya, but he doesn't he doesn't have a website for his business. And now MD's worried. He's like, they don't have a website. What is this? Yeah. But I was like, that's that's just how it is. Like yeah, it'll, yeah. it'll get up when exactly. it's ready, when it's not. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But no, it's true though. And, and, and even the essence there is maybe us that's when we come in as the aspect and we give assistance. Yes, you know, exactly. And say, okay, maybe your business will thrive better if you have this website. I mean, how yeah, can we yeah. you know, how can we assist you in that way yeah. better, you know? And it's not as it's just an approach I'll do this, do that, but it would be more beneficial yeah. for me to gain more long term goals. Yeah. Um, not laugh at them and say, oh, you ain't got website, what's yeah. going on? And yeah. that's what some people tend to do. Yeah. And that's the egos that we have, mm-hmm. you know, thinking of oh, Western and they yeah. were very forward thinking and so forth. And that's the same essence with football as well, and the same essence. That's why I probably won't grow because the aspirants are, we generally, it's probably yeah. our fault more than their fault. Yeah. You know, so. And, and even saying that as well, I've noticed that there is, there is a willingness that for people, especially from the Western world, and the eagerness to get into the African market because they realise it's, it's huge, the potential, right. it's, it's right, yeah. but they just lack the knowledge and know-how about how to actually get in. Because yeah. our culture is very, very different, yeah. granted. It's exactly. actually neat, but it's very different to the Western world, so a lot of people exactly. struggle to try and yeah. understand how to get in. And I think there's, there's, there's fear, there's yeah. a lot of fear from people in general. And, you know, the, we live in safety in Europe, mm. like, you're really safe, like, we just heard sirens now, <laughs> you know, you know, you're literally really safe in general, you yeah. know, I'm not saying it's safe, Africa is not safe at all, but, um, you know, it's, it's, a, it's literally three countries, yeah. that when I, when I, um, I don't know, do we actually introduce what we do? Do we do? Do we introduce what we do? No, we don't. I guess now's a good time to do it. Yeah, so, <laughs> so myself, obviously, um, I've worked with West Ham for three years, um, in the education department, and, you know, dealing with players 
as well who want to go after the first team and also the community department as well. Um, and I also, through the last three years, I've built up a network with different presidents across Africa, FA presidents and also leading presidents, sports ministers, to develop their leagues and football and their sporting capacity as well. Um, three countries in particular, Guinea, Cameroon and Togo. Um, at the same time, working with clubs across Europe as well in regards to franchising and also their academies. Um, but working in, Af in uh, obviously you guys were introduced to your yeah, work yeah, as well yeah. and your experience. Um, but working in Africa, what you find, what's the question again? What's <laughs> <laughs> my head up and now you know. What I, talk about, I think I spoke about, um, like there's a willingness for people to actually get into yeah. that market. Yeah, no, sorry, it's, it's the fear. It's, yeah. it's, it's the fear of people. Um, it's the fear of not knowing, you know, the fear of too much freedom. Yeah. That, that's what I see. It's the fear of, you know, in Europe it's very like, this uh, is this, uh, mm -hmm. very strict, but in Africa there's so much freedom yeah. and so much flexibility of how you can do things. Yeah. But because there's so much, people don't know how to take it. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, 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 it's just that fear of freedom. That's yeah. what it is. That's how I see it as, like, because it is restricted here. I don't know how you guys see it. I don't know how you want to argue about it, but um, you, have to, you can be creative, but Africa, like, there's no rules. I, yeah, exactly. That's what I was just about to say. Like, over here, it's like everyone has processes and you know how to do Procedures things. Procedures and so forth. in Africa, they're, they're, yeah, as I said, there's, there's no rules. So you make it how you want to make it. But, but wouldn't you say maybe that's where the problem is? Shouldn't there yeah. perhaps be a set of rules yeah, yeah. in order to develop? I think I think both can learn from each other in their cultures. Exactly. What they can do, but until we get there, and I'm sure one of the first three guys to, to say to raise this, but until we get there, I think just people coming from different cultures just need to be flexible and just to how it works over there. And I personally think, from my experience anyway, that some people from Africa can adjust quicker to how it is in the Western world than some yeah, going to Africa, sure. just from my experience. Of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. agree. Yeah, um, Kind of hard to, yeah, for sure. And when Africans come here, they're already speaking five language. Yeah, you know, they already know what they have to do. Yeah. Anything that the struggle is with, then yeah. that's it. Otherwise, maybe because I don't know, maybe I don't know. Maybe it's the upbringing, you know, so yeah, has a lot to do with it. But um, also as well, I was going to touch on. So we've seen like I think in today's age that we live in, you know, social media. And especially regarding that African culture, we see um, entertainment and music. They're really like popping, they're really growing and thriving. But, and I'll say, I say sports, but not to, I don't think sports to a degree is entertainment and music. Um, and I'm trying to think of the reasons like why that is, especially looking at it from our perspective here, like diaspora in the UK, like there's a lot of, well, I guess you, we can argue about like Anglophone speaking and Francophone speaking, but there's a lot of um, affinity between that's what we're here and you know, the, the motherland or fatherland. But I was just wondering how come music and entertainment seem to be doing well and thriving, whereas sports, and not just football, sports bigger as well, like it's not really, like it's not to the level of music or uh, entertainment. Um, to be honest, it's probably pretty easy I think it, they're so different yeah so you have music so I mean the the internet so it, if you have a microphone in the internet in, in Africa you, your voice can reach anywhere yeah for sport rather requires a much stronger infrastructure for it to be recognized worldwide mm. um, and even when it is recognized worldwide it, that's not to say it's going to catch the eye of everyone else. Um, I think we had a, we had this conversation before in the past, but the South American, let's talk about South American football in particular. Yeah, I was going to come on to that. Yeah, go on. They, you have the South American diaspora, and they're in Europe, uh, predominantly in Spain, Portugal, and here, but they follow their leagues uh, a lot. If you ask an African... Uh, diasporan is that what we're calling them? African yeah. diasporan, if you like. No, if you yeah. ask them, if you ask them to name the, the clubs in South America, they'd be able to tell you the clubs in South America before they'd be able to tell you the clubs in their own country. Yeah. Um, why that is? Uh, it's, a, it's a good question. That yeah. I'm not sure we have all the answers for, but but yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Aris, what do you think? 
I think music and entertainment, um, music's always been there, first of all, like in Africa. Yeah. Like since Fela, Papa Wemba, yeah. and so forth, and so forth, to Mary McKenba, and so forth. We can go on music, always been there. Yeah. In an international way, in mm-hmm. Africa, it's always been something that's popular um, in throughout the continent, and it's always, musicians always make money yeah. in the continent. Um, I don't know like, too much about the team, I'll be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Um, in regards to sports, I just think no one's taking the risk. That's it. No one's really gone out there and not saying going out there in regards to the diaspora, but people in Africa themselves haven't really said, yeah, this is what we're focusing on. Yeah. You know, um, we want to push music as we want to push sports. You know, we, we, we play music for fun. Yeah. Easy to do. It's easier than sports for sure in regards to the business side of it. Yeah. Premier League only really started making money since 92. Yeah. So it's still it's still a young it's still a young sports it's still a young young industry young, yeah, young industry you know music Michael Jackson making money twenty million yeah. in the fifties and the sixties you know like and Premier League is way above everybody else mm. you know so obviously the top five leagues but and yeah and we're, and we're still young in the, in the game of sports and yeah. sports is still a young game making a lot of money or yeah. the young industry sorry making a lot of money so. Africa will get eventually. Mm. You know, it'll find its steps and and it'll find its way of connections of how we can build this profile. Yeah. Who knows? That Paul said it might take. You know, I don't know how long it's gonna take, but obviously we're all trying here on the table. <laughs> so, so and these are part of the steps of it. You know. I mean, I I I have a quick question. Why do we? I mean, I think it's known, and I apologize for us kind of concentrating on football. <laughs> but why is it the South American, South African league why that is so strong, probably yeah. streets ahead of any other African league? And even some more, like, stronger than most European leagues. Yeah. Yeah. Because the financial, right? Yeah. 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 Infrastructure. yeah. So why why have the South Africans done yeah, a lot so better? I have four, so as you want to find out, we are well connected within the African industry as, as we speak. Um, I know South Africa, they've got a great like, eight years plan for what they're trying to approach in regards to the, the South African national team. Um, South Africans, I, I'm sorry to say, Robin, please don't kill me. <laughs> like, um, you guys, they just don't have... Every, every, when you go to Africa, when you speak to any Africans, yeah. it speaks to my Nigerian friends, speak to my Congolese friends, speak to my Cameroon friend, oh, we make so much talent in our country. Come to Africa, especially when you work West Ham, I'll come to Africa and get this play. We've got the best talent in Sierra Leone. I'm like, come on, man. <laughs> you know, everyone speaks they've got talent in their country. In reality, they don't. Like, is, just, that, is that what you believe? In reality, there's countries that are very good at making footballers. Guinea, probably one of the best. Cameroon, for sure, one of the best in the continent. Mm-hmm. We have Egypt, one of the best as well in making talent. Zambia had a program in place you probably, a couple of years ago that was exciting and so forth. But so, uh, South Africa, uh, even with the infrastructures and so forth, and business yeah. way of doing things, their talent they just don't have the like people play football yes you go to the townships and so yeah. forth people play football but the rest of the continent you know they've got talent as well yeah, so, and they've got high talent as well which is Europe or world level talent, yeah. talent okay. you know and I just think they're struggling to compete if they ever go won the African Cup of Nation with them would obviously say something different but mm-hmm. they've got a strategy in place for, the, for sure now. I don't know if I can say it but they have got a strategy in place for the next eight years which is it sounds it sounds it sounds like a great strategy I hope it does work for them, but just... but even with let's say this uh, talent deficiency, I mean they they've got the strongest league. But the league is mixed with a lot of other African players in it from other African nations. The, the, the league is not based on uh, when you say strongest league, how do you base the strongest league on? So I'm basing it on finance. Finance, yeah. One of them is one just one of the aspects. It's yeah. probably arguably the the best one in the league. Would you say? Yeah, best, it's it's one, in 2010, I think they. There's six more possible leagues in the world. Like that. Some yeah, yeah, so, so it, it's, it's run very well. Financially, it's doing very well. So why is that? Despite why are they doing so well? In comparison to other, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't say it's, it's a strong, it's strongest league in finance, but I wouldn't say it's the strongest league. What would you say is the strongest league? Well, in terms of like com- compensative balance, compensative balance, I won't say that it's the strongest league. Mm-hmm. Um, but for, for sure, for finance, yeah, it's, yeah. it's amazing. But in, in regards to playing field, in regards to Tactical stuff. Mm. Sundown obviously won it two years ago. Yeah, they played good football for sure. Yeah, um, but Egypt. Yeah, every single year, you know. Um, Northern African countries are really strong. The, the Congolese league. Tipping Zambia. Yeah. With Vita as well, you know they they're always 
competing and so forth that is. I think also, this is what I'm going to go into next as well, but I think also infrastructure-wise, because if you look at South Africa, nation, yeah. as an economy, yeah. and even the infrastructure, when you go there, it's very strong. It's, it's very strong. Yeah. It's well-developed. I'd say prob- probably further developed than most of the other African countries that have got to run in over yeah. leagues. So that probably, well, that probably does play a big part into the reason why it's more... So I think the South Africans are they're, they're doing something that maybe the rest of us aren't in. Yeah. Maybe in regards to infrastructure, and yeah, business, business absolutely. Side. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, the World Cup for sure is that definitely big helped. benefit fishery with us. That also the last twenty years financially they've been fantastic. Yeah. Anyway. So well, if economically, obviously now they've gone through recession with the round. Mm. Um, but there's still. Yeah. With the football, I don't know. The football is just is. The standard for the football is not. It's not. It's not the highest. Yeah, the standard football is not the best in the country. But, but it's not. But it's, I, I'd com- I'd compare it to the Premier League in the sense that it's probably the best product in Africa. The Europe, the Premier League doesn't. People will always tell you isn't the best football. Isn't the best. Sure. Sure. Yeah, they'd say Spain or maybe even Germany. Mm-hmm. But it's definitely but the strongest product. The, yeah. the Egyptian league that also make. Yeah, yeah, but it's not as, it's not as strong a product as for the Arab world for sure. Yes. Yes. I mean, you could walk down the street and see someone wearing a General Cosmos yeah. Yeah. show or whatever. Yeah. But whatever. yeah, the, obviously the PS the PSL, um, forgive me, yeah, PSL. They modeled their system on the Premier League anyway. Mm-hmm. So they had I can't remember whose name it was. There was an old Premier League person who came in from the UK to go work on that model to fix the the, the PSL model. Forgive me, for, I can't remember his name, but. Um, so that's how they modeled it anyway. So they've got yeah. advisors in from the, the, the Premier yeah. League and also got a relationship with the Premier League and yeah. so forth and they work on that way there. But, okay, you're you saying how it, it's modeled. They, they don't feel that capacity in the stadium. They ain't got a fan culture in South Africa. Like people, that's, that's, that's true. That's people true. don't go watch matches. In terms of football, yeah. Yeah, the worst football. People don't go really watch matches and so forth. So, you know, I, I don't know. Financially, yes, I understand in regards, they do the business side, but in regards to somehow they make money through uh, advertisement, somehow they make money through sponsorship, but it's obviously through Supersport. All, yeah. the, all the big major brands are there yeah, as well. Yeah. And Supersport's being DSTV as well, being from there as well. I mean, then I think, yeah, I think that's very much this, this, this isn't. I think then we have to give them even greater credit for this, for lack yeah. of talent. For the business side of it, they'd be fantastic, yeah. And yeah, if they don't, they don't fill out their stadiums, they don't have them much talent in comparison perhaps to yeah. the rest of Africa then they're, then they're doing a great job yeah uh, and I agree that in business way how South Africa football operates PSO league and the South African football nation is, is very yeah. well and, and, and how their nation also supports mm. when it comes to the nation home games yeah. you know yeah. the, 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 there's a, you see a lot of South African shirts for sure mm-hmm. yeah. you know like some always there in about three times four times in the last two years so yeah. Very much a supportive country in regards to. Yeah. yeah, I think as well. I think Aris is a better place, but I think in terms of like their governance and their um, professionalism of the league, because obviously in some leagues as well, players there's always issues with payments and stuff yeah. like that. Whereas in South Africa, just basic things like that, yeah. just getting paid on time. Yeah. What? A, yeah. You know what I mean? What a relief. Well, that's the same situation in Greece. So. It's true. It's a frequency at which it happens. I mean, yeah. it's ha- it happens in England as well where players aren't paid on time, but yeah. you know. We never yeah. hear about it. No, you, you hear about it. <laughs> look, at, look at Denmark recently. They yeah. didn't even play yeah. turn up. Yeah. Amateur sure and football players. Yeah. And, and if that was yeah. an African. Exactly, you'd know about everywhere. Yeah. We've seen you as a front page. Typical. We've seen everything. Africa front page for anything, but yeah. when that happens, Africa team is definitely the front page of the BBC. So yeah. BBC don't kill us. Maybe you have to cut this out. Nah, <laughs> um, but no, cool. Thanks, guys. We're gonna take a little break, and then we're gonna be back to talk about some more stuff. Hi, guys. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Africa Sports Unified, and I hope you're enjoying the podcast. Please do let us know your thoughts. If you have any topics you would like us to discuss or people you want to join us on a podcast, then we'll be keen to know more. Connect with us on social media, AS Unified, across all platforms, or simply leave a comment. Hope you guys enjoy the rest of the show. All right, guys, welcome back. Um, Yeah, I enjoyed that first bit. But um, yeah, moving on now. Next question is, what do you guys think, or what do we think, 
or how do we think or how much do we think sports can actually um, contribute to the sustainability and growth of an economy? Because we see like in different different sectors, you know, yeah. finance, entertainment, music, yeah. they can contribute heavily to an economy. Yeah. Like, what's the same reason for sports? Okay. Um, I think uh, how how Brazil done it. So we all know, obviously, Brazil is the football nation of the world in regards to winning how much the World Cup they won. But at the same time, we know it's a crime capital of the world. <laughs> yeah. But what attracts people to go to Brazil is the football nation and yeah. the, the party lifestyle and so forth. In Africa, it's, you know, the crime, crime rates in regards to homicide rates are low, apart from South Africa, for sure. But for us as well, it will help in that tourism boost. Yeah. How it's done to Brazil. People maybe go to Brazil because they seen them two elements of the football, which everyone in the whole world loves, mm-hmm. and at the same time, um, the party. The party and, kind of sorts of stuff, yeah. and Africa has both of that. Like, obviously you got, got beaches too. got beaches as well, you know, and there's football as well everywhere, you know, yeah. as, we, as we were just saying, you know, we went to Ghana, to Guinea, everyone plays football everywhere. So it's, a, it's similar, and the homicide rates in most, in all the countries in reality, yeah. are ridiculously low, you know, so... For, for the tourism boost and so forth, for people's interest in, in, in a country, in a continent in general, outside of the, 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 the media negative aspects of, of, yeah. of what they display, for sure it will boost it there. For people just buying, just like in Nigeria, obviously how they then with, with the shirt sells, just normal people buying yeah. shirts that, you see a woman buying a Brazilian shirt and she's got no affiliation with Brazil, mm-hmm. you know, just because it's Brazil, you know. Yeah. And if an African team, as Pele said in 94, and we know it was in 1990, um, African team is the World Cup. That was so much, yeah. you know, uh, boost the, the tourism, the economy and so forth, but especially the tourism, how it's done to Brazil, you know, and I think football is a big reason why people go to Brazil, yeah. Uh, yeah. Along, along with the beautiful mountains and so forth, but football is one of the main reasons. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I would agree with you, um, I went to Brazil earlier on this year, and for the carnival and the football course but um you, you could clearly see the effects of having a world cup there perhaps maybe the olympics probably had a uh, i don't know which one had a greater effect but they both had a very strong effects just in the infrastructure of things um i thought the metro system was amazing um, and i think it's a similar thing with, with south africa as well obviously when they held the the world cup in 2010 mm-hmm. yeah. um long time ago, long time ago yeah. Now, yeah so you, you can clearly see the the re- not the remnants or the, the after effect of having that World Cup there, I'm sure it's positively affected their, their um, Aris, you can probably speak on this, on, yeah. on the infrastructure of the metro, the yeah. roads, and just how, how, how things are. So sport in that aspect, whether it's a World Cup, whether it's an Olympics, can definitely help the yeah. African countries there. Obviously, the tough part is obviously winning the bids and you know, getting yeah. get, get, get them there. But um, I'd say it could definitely positively help Africa, the sport yeah. sector, as well as other sectors. So, mm. um, so yeah. And just clocked. It was in 2014. 2014, yeah. wasn't it? Germany was 2010. Germany 2010. No. Yes, no, no, but the World Cup. World Cup. Africa was, oh, Brazil was 2014, yeah. Oh, yeah, Germany was 2006. Wow. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 what's going on, man? Right. I mean, South Africa 2010. Well, our, our first World Cup memory for me would be 94. You were saying 94. You were saying 94. Yeah. How old are you? That's just four years old. I was, yeah, four years old. You remember that? I mean, I've got, a, I've got some of the videos on, on, on yeah, on time. You remember when you was younger? No, yeah, I remember watching it when I was younger. Yeah. I don't remember that. No. France 98. I remember me. France 98. I remember watching France 98, I remember vividly. Yeah, yeah. I, remember, I remember that night. Michael Long's goal. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. I remember right. Zidane's ball patch. Everything. You know, <laughs> I just remember you were in 96 quite strongly as well. Oh, yeah. I don't remember. I didn't know that I was on. My big one was World Cup 
three years, four years, sorry, since she since the World Cup in Brazil. Yes. Mm-hmm. And how did you feel like people are still visiting Brazil? Did you, was it a wide range of tourists and so forth that was there? Yeah, so it's carnival period. As it's well, carnival sure. period, so you have people from all over the world. But um, I think we were just saying offline. The football culture is so prevalent in in, yeah. in Brazil. So whether you're on the beach, there's people playing football. Um, and do you think people will contribute in, in participating? The tourists will contribute in participating in football with the locals and so. Forth? Of course, yeah, of course. Um, <laughs> some of the tourist attractions are just a guy who is probably seventy years old yeah. doing about a million kickups. Yeah, yeah, wow. yeah. yeah. It's, it's really good. So the football was really, really ingrained. And, and I'm sure in Africa, you could, you'd have, you could have the same, same guy yeah. doing the same tricks. Yeah. It's just obviously perception and yeah. getting people over there. Because obviously I went there a year before the World Cup. And um, it was just the essence of trying to do like a research assignment to FIFA about the tourism and how we felt as tourists, as young tourists. I went yeah. three guys, um, different color, um, the different race, sorry. Yeah. Um, just to see our perspective in regards to how you know we're viewed with the locals and so forth. Yeah, and they're just doing them, so they're just in the stage. And I remember everyone was like, "Oh, is it gonna be ready this World Cup?" Yeah, yeah, and so forth. yeah. But the only reason why people was there because of football, and yeah. that in the winter period in Brazil, winter, yeah, right, the June yeah. period. Um, but the only reason why people was there for sure was the World Cup. Yeah, because that's not that's not kind of that's just yeah. Yeah. people are just there. You can tell. Yeah, for the sport. For the football, that's the only yeah. reason why people was at Brazil is because for football, you know, they'll, they'll say to you in Brazil, they go, don't go to the north of Rio because there's nothing there in north of Rio. But obviously, that's where people actually, that's where the kids are from, like yeah. um, the club um, Vasco Gama. Yeah, yeah, they're the only team within the favelas and so forth. But you go because it's football, yeah, you know, yeah, exactly. And that's the only reason why people attend, or not only reason, but Brazil major semi final is literally a football. So, yeah. from Africa's perspective, there. South Africa, yeah, as you said, Gabriel, um, the Houteng, which is a, the train service yeah. in Santon that was put in, um, I think that was put in because of the football as well. Um, they put a range of different things in, mm. like within the country, the infrastructure yeah. of transport and so forth, yeah. um, through Cape Town yeah. as well, just because of the football. Yeah. The football and it's, and now obviously they're sustainable, they've been there for a long yeah. time and so and the greater economy and better for business mm. as well. Um, but if, for developing countries, for sure, football is is is, is it's important yeah. in any developing country. Yeah, and and I think it's important as well to like, it's important what the, like the basic infrastructure needs to be there. So like, the South Africa had the basics. Yeah, <laughs> like you know, basic transport links, yeah. infrastructure facilities, and stuff like that. Um, and sadly, in some African countries, it's just not there. Mm. Probably most, or it's not scratching most. Yeah. Which is, which is sad, which holds it back. Yeah. So do you think African sport can can thrive whilst all these other things aren't in place? It, there'll, be a, there'll, there'll be a glass ceiling there, I feel. Yeah. Unless like fundamental things are improved in the economy. It's like if governments put money into infrastructure, um, put money into like basic facilities and stuff like that, then without that, there's only be a certain level you can reach. So in a long term, like yeah, I think like long term. So like if you want to get like those like major sport yeah. events to bring sure that tourism like and stuff like that. Obviously Morocco have bid for it the last couple of times and yeah. unfortunately they failed the last couple of times. Um and they've really got infrastructure. They've got, they've they've got the infrastructure. The tourist zone in Morocco is is, is, is yeah. everyone was Morocco now. It's only yeah. two hours flight from you from, from the UK or the UK so but and they've really got even infrastructures in place yeah. but I guess the World Cup for sure it would have boosted. It would have helped a lot, <laughs> and it would have boosted. made them put in that infrastructure needed there. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, again, yeah. they have like a basic infrastructure already built yeah, yeah. in terms of facilities and yeah, it's just travel and transportation in everyday life. I mean, I think it's really interesting how you know we're we're speaking about kind of bringing tourism in, bringing people in, bringing money in, when actually. If we kind of think about a lot of the of the infrastructures or the facilities we do have in place in Africa, a lot of them are kind of facilitated towards actually getting the talent out of Africa. Mm. Yeah. So uh, I think that's quite interesting. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Very short term. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, a player growing up in Africa doesn't want to stay in Africa. Yeah. Which is which is expected. It's just it's expected. It's, it's how it is, sadly. It's how it is in South America. You would get. 
players who want to come to Europe as well. However, yeah, exactly. We don't really have that kind of culture whereby we want to come back to a club in our country. Yeah. The other thing is, as much as we, there are South, Amer South American players that would love to go to Europe, there are loads that stay in South America and are happy to stay in South America and will forge a great career in South America. Whereas I don't think there's ever been an African player who's just solely stayed in Africa that well, a great South, a great, yeah, a great African, African player, player yeah. rather. Yeah, of course. Yeah, you know. So I agree. I, it, agree. I think in order for Africa, you know, to eventually be the greatest it can be, maybe the culture needs to change. Um, instead of just being purely ex, you know, yeah. exporting continent mm -hmm. and not keeping it. But to be fair, there, 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 there is some great teams that you know players are, are, are having careers from, like El Ali. You know, mm -hmm. which yes, is, of course, yeah. Uh, Zemelec as well. Obviously, yeah, these are these yeah, are the, the Egyptian teams. Um, and the Egyptian team league is very is operate well. Um, Suns down, you know, Sundowns, which, yeah. which are also doing good. Um, Kaiser Chief and so forth, which obviously not doing that great right at the moment, Kaiser Chief, sorry. <laughs> um, but, and people are sh shifting in regards to the market, going towards like, North Africa for sure, like transfer, transfer players, so yeah. I work on agency stuff as well. Um, there's a player recently, um, I'll say, Yamadon Torre, he went to Anderlecht, didn't go well from Anderlecht, went back to Egypt. You know, he meant to go to Egypt first, but players <laughs> but yeah so in some in some essence you know they see opportunities within the market there yeah if the finances and so forth are there and so forth um, yeah but these things do take time it will take time for us um, yeah yeah you know i think there's a few teams with money and they're operating well enough yeah to attract maybe not european players for sure mm -hmm. but attract the biggest of african players yeah. that they have yeah. there for them to be exported i mean I think, like, in many walks of life, there is, like, a, a chain ladder or pecking yeah. order, yeah. you know? Of course, yeah. Obviously, Africa is not at the top, so players who provide a creme de la creme yeah. will eventually, maybe if they didn't have ambition to do so before, they probably will end up going to, like, a different continent. Yeah. Through media, you know, through everyone, how everyone talks about the English Premier League. Um, so I just think it's like a natural train, yeah. but I think... The media plays a big part in it. Yeah, sure. exactly. Media in Africa plays a big It part. does. Yeah. But on the other, I mean, who is Brazil's greatest ever player? Debatable. You, know, you, say, <laughs> you name, name me a few. You say Pele, Ronaldo. Mario, Pele, Ronaldo. Okay. I think what this is it. So when I was in Brazil, most Brazilians I spoke to, they will tell you the best ever Brazilian player is Zico. Yeah. Now Zico, I think he played in Italy maybe for a year maybe not very long basically he played most of it at Flamengo mm. and and he stayed in Brazil he's, he's known for his time in Brazil so the Pele played in Brazil for most of his career yeah, well there, there you go there you go so and there's also there's also you saying that as well it's like I think it's better now but at first Messi Argentinians didn't really class him as Argentine they just class him as the guy who's made the preferred um, what's his name Tevez. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Tevez always wants to go back. And yeah. I think he's yeah. back now. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Okay. In, 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 oh, is it? Yeah, he is, yeah. Yeah, he's come back. After uh, some stint in China. Yeah. <laughs> Overweight, not box. back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but yeah, I think, going back to what Paul says as well, I think this is debatable how you, maybe how you deem what sustainability is in terms of the sustainability, you put everything in place to help your players and athletes go out, or is sustainability maybe looking inward and seeing what can we do to improve things and make things proper sustainable long term? Yeah. I, I mean, that method could be sustainable to like taking players out, but it depends how you use that money again. Where's where's it going to? How's it being put back into sport? The only big player that I can remember, well, I was too young anyway, but because because we had this conversation, I was looking at him yesterday. It was Roger Miller. But he went to obviously he wasn't starting in Cameroon. Yeah. Went to Europe, played five five teams in yeah. France, then came back to Cameroon. Oh, yeah. came back. In ninety four, he obviously played in the World Cup. He scored oldest got forty two years old. Yeah. yeah. He scored yeah. in the World Cup. Um, but he That's came crazy. back. He came back to. Uh, he played four years in Cameroon, and ended up retiring. In, but he played four years in Cameroon in his late after that World Cup. Wow. After the World Cup in nineteen ninety, and then he came. You know, he stayed there till ninety. I don't know, 95. People, please don't get angry at me. Like, <laughs> uh, and then 
I think he finished somewhere in Asia. He finished his career somewhere mm. in Asia, something like that. But that's the bit, and he was a big star, yeah. you know, after the nineteen ninety World Cup. You know, he was a massive. He was star. a big star, but he, for his time in Europe and probably the World Cup, the World Cup appearances. Yeah, yeah, not sure because I mean, we're asking the World Cup because of Cameroon. Yeah, of course, he's yeah. a big star because of Cameroon. Yeah, because of Cameroon, yeah. Ed, you can say he's a big star because of Barcelona. Yeah. Yes, hundred percent. But this is a problem, not because of anything to do with the Afri- African products themselves. National teams, I think, is a bit are a bit oh, different. Yeah, yeah. The club, yeah but I'm talking about the, the, the kind of club, yeah, the club yeah. aspect. Well, asking why aren't Diasporans really interested in in the African products? Well, because mm. everybody wants to leave the African mm-hmm. product. <laughs> and, and I think it's until, as I was saying, off, off air, um, until the African country probably wins the World Cup, Potentially, we, yeah. We will take notice of that particular league. Yeah. You know, or we'll take notice if their players are coming from that league. Yeah. You know, if, uh, if a range of them are coming, whereas which even, come from Europe. It's yeah. even, I mean, things are changing, but as you said, media, not just like Western media, but media African, back home as yeah. well, it's like hardly any time mm-hmm. or adequate yeah, airtime has been yeah. given to local leagues or local yeah. sports. So it's hard for them to gain that exposure mm-hmm. when it's well, not being given. And, and then you've got channels like, Canada Sport, which is obviously a French channel, yeah, and they're playing the French league, and everyone's watching the French league there, yeah, you know, and then and then you've got the Super Sports, which have that ten channels, but one of them is Premier League as well, yeah. So then, same with DSTV, yeah, yeah. DSTV Sports, they're all they're all playing the Premier League in some sense, and that's why the Premier League is so loved in Africa, yeah. But the local leagues are you only know, can, can find them on radio. The ones in Togo, they're one of the biggest teams, Togo Togo Pool. I was listening to them on radio, unless I go to the stadium, and the stadium yeah. is not. Capacity is not big enough for everyone to go see it. So and if, so in some essence, that has to be a push in terms of driving. That's what we're trying to do now. Um, we're trying to push in regards to Togo mm-hmm. and Guinea for them to have a culture of watching the Guinean yeah. football. I mean, watching the Togo and the Guinean yeah. Cameroon football yeah. beyond the Premier League and so forth. Yeah. It's a struggle, but I think I think the leagues they it's understand possible. it. The presidents they understand it for sure. It's possible. It's possible. And despite what we're talking about. Maybe loads of these hurdles, but through our conversation, you can see there's plenty of opportunities that exist, like yeah. in terms of helping to develop um, the sports market back home in Africa. And even here, if you're in the UK, what's what in your own community, like raising awareness or doing something to just contribute towards that? But yeah, um, we can talk about that topic for, for a long time, but we should move, we should on. move on. Yeah, move on to, um, yes, another topic. So I was, I was, Reading online, it's been in the pipeline for a long time now anyway, about um, a single currency being introduced to Africa. Um, now, that doesn't seem to be working or coming through. So I think the Western, some of the Anglophone-speaking countries in West Africa are thinking about um, coming together and establishing one single currency called the ECO. Forgive me if my um, pronunciation is wrong. ECO or ECO. Um, currency. Um, how do you guys think? Maybe still in, in line with the infrastructure and um, economy and whatnot. But how do you guys think that would maybe be? Yeah, how would that impact that region of Africa in terms of like a single currency? And how would that impact like the transfer market as whole well in global football? It depends what language that that currency is in. Um, obviously, the biggest language spoken in that region in Western Africa. Forgive me if I'm wrong again. I think it's ha- uh, Hausa. Um, in Western Africa, I yeah. don't know that. Um, compared to all the countries mixed, obviously yeah, Nigeria has yeah. 20 million population, but also in the north, I think with Niger and some people in Chad as well. Yeah, yeah. And in Ghana, it's been also too. Exactly. So, how, how so it depends what language it is. In, you don't, you want to learn from the mistakes of the Europeans for sure. Mm-hmm. The Euros is failing yeah. for sure. And countries have failed, Spain has failed, Greece, Greece Portugal, you know, all these countries, they've got yeah. no jobs there, everyone's like leaving in some sense there. The same country might be good. But if, if it's what kind of language that is, you've got Ranger, you've got Guinea Bissau, which yeah. is British phone, you've got Guinea Conakry and all the other Francophone countries, and you've got um, Nigeria and Ghana, which is Anglophone. Yeah. So, what language is this going to be? Where's it, where's, where's the, where's it going to be based and so forth? You know, I mean, it doesn't need a language, does it? Where, where's the Euro based? The Euro is based in Belgium. Yeah, but as a matter of kind of uh, well, governance, yeah, 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 which yeah. is Belgium. Yeah. Yeah. Which is I mean and language spoken in Belgium is one. And that's probably reason, that's probably the reason why I'm indicating the Euro's probably failed in some sense. I I think the Euro's failed for sure. 
Because I think the, some the, the, amount of, the amount of countries have failed yeah. because of the Euros. And, and the same thing will probably happen in in Africa that some countries will lose out. And, more, and that's not a good thing. You're, it's not a good thing. It's already right. really so. in that case, really, that's only a few of the Anglophone speaking countries in a setting. I don't think it's just, yeah, I just don't think it's the Anglophone countries that, that will win. Um, I mean, the single currency that I've heard proposed is more more of a kind of regional, total regional thing, so all, yeah, of, okay. so all of Africa. Um, I think as kind of a single market, it could be really useful, mm. a single currency. Um, but like I say, there will be winners and losers. I think Europe, Europe kind of, the trade in Europe is 70%, so they, European exports are traded to other European parties that's yeah. 70% I think in Africa it's like it's 15 or 16% yeah, so having a single currency would 100% help the trade between Africa and African countries mm-hmm. um, you've got currencies in regions where you've got West African Franc yeah. you know, which is that region of West African Francophone countries obviously it's not critical West African Franc so it works in its own way that like I can go to Togo and just drive to Burkina Faso so I can use it there mm-hmm. which is cool you know and that works in that elements there Obviously, it's spoke, as I said, it's spoken in one language. It's spoken in that French language. Yeah. So saying, that's what I said. The language element is important. But the countries still can manipulate their own markets and mm-hmm. so forth. Yeah. And are operated. Usually. How, 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 usually, yeah. But when it comes to one currency, like the euros being one, it comes, to me, it becomes too complicated. Mm-hmm. Where, as you've seen with Greece, they not they can't tax other countries how they want to tax other countries. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with taxing your, your neighbours. You know, you can't make money from how you was making money before. Yeah, yeah. Know? I mean, it will be a change for everyone. I've heard of it being, but the idea has been floated around that it will be pegged to the rand, maybe, yeah. or maybe even the dollar. But the rand just fell recently. The rand well. is great. <laughs> so, in some essence, personally, for me, um, how I see it in regards to the African continent, I don't really think it's beneficial mm-hmm. if it hasn't got a language behind it. I, I say language. I say it with. You know, just yeah, no, yeah. that's way. But what I say that it, to me is it's very important to have its own language. Yeah. You know, in regards to it and its own recognition that we can identify. Yeah, this is this is how things contracts will be written and so yeah. like that. And it helps yeah. the African culture as well. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. So, but if in transfer market, in football element. I don't yeah. go into politics, but in football element in regards to it, the transfer market. I know Tottenham said they didn't sign no one this year because the euro was affected. Yeah, <laughs> the, the, the price of Brexit, Brexit affected the whole price, the whole price change and so forth. Just get on with it, Tottenham. Yeah. The problem is they, <laughs> they want to spend money. That's their, that's their problem. Yeah, Everyone right. spend money. And I think the reason why I ask is that, um, my perspective anyway, um, especially maybe in terms of sport, in terms of trade within African countries, it's not, it's not. There's room to, to improve and to grow. Yeah. And considering the state of like, the African economy as a whole, I know we've got the Euro, but when the Euro first came in, correct if I'm wrong, it's done well. Maybe the stage of where Africa is now, maybe the implementation of like a single currency will help. All that stage, I guess other countries have bigger deficits and inflation rates, which should affect the overall. Mm. But if there's a single currency, then maybe our first overall help the, how can I say, help encourage like um, business and, and trade, trade, trade yeah, yeah, yeah. which maybe help the whole like idea of sustainability within Africa to make uh, it a bit more sustainable. How, how, would, uh, how would it help trade? Just because the same currency. Yeah. So you won't like lose and you think you've just got yeah. it because you know what I mean? So it's just like one currency, there you go, same value, same worth kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we'll see, we'll see. Yeah. I, I think that's a long, that's a long way in the pipeline anyway. Yeah. But if the transfer market might be good, but players are transferred regardless. Yeah. Like, you know, players are transferred from Egypt to think. I, I, I think clubs, as you mentioned before, only a few clubs really buy players. <laughs> Literally, <laughs> only, a, only a, in the football aspects, we look at in the transfer market and the sports element, only a few clubs buy players. Yeah. And then, with obviously, the euro has been dominant when the players come to Europe. They don't really, when you're paying 80,000 pounds, 80,000 euro for, for a player to come to Greece or come to Portugal, France, wherever it is, isn't penny change yeah you know there's one week wages or whatever yeah. two months worth of wage you know so but yeah, players rarely get you know transfers so yeah, to clubs right. to clubs across the african continent yeah. yeah 
We'll see in time, we'll see, we'll see. If there was one thing you can introduce to the um, sports business market in Africa, what would it be and why? Um, How about you going there, you go? I'll say, um, I was thinking the internet, um, how to manipulate it in regards to marketing their own culture and products, same way as you mentioned before with the entertainment and the music side, especially yeah. with Nollywood and Afrobeats and you know all that stuff there. Um, I would say the internet in some sense, but with that said, I also say the reason why the reason why the reason why the internet is because it allows like I don't think Africans sports industry or clubs and facilities know how to manipulate the internet well um, know how to use it well because they don't know how big their culture is in reality they don't know how powerful their culture is as well they don't know how powerful their talent is or, mm. you know, they don't know how the different revenue streams of generating income you know and so forth or how they can operate things or learn new things yeah. from just the uses of that internet you know and that could be a problem because probably haven't got that the financial yeah. opportunities to you know get a laptop or get a computer and so mm -hmm. forth and take time to you know use the internet and so yeah. forth so yeah. there's other things which are much more important than that yeah. but when you uh, you know going to other countries and seeing it in, in western central africa people have access to the internet for yeah. sure but they don't and companies also try to use the internet but they don't use it in the right way yeah i, I think they don't it's, it's a new thing like with africa for example we had obviously um before, in europe we had landlines we went straight to mobile phones yeah. you know and we manipulate that game better than europeans like you can buy things off your mobile phone in africa you know you can't do that anywhere else it's true. in other markets so I think if they maybe I don't know what's gonna be in there, maybe it's apps or whatever it is, but it's just somehow where we to be more tech savvy yeah. or, or digital savvy in some yeah. sense um, to manipulate that you know because everyone's smart like every, the people are smart in the continent people yeah. are really intelligent so that's what I'll say yeah if there's any, anything against that uh, yeah and guys please if you have any thoughts then. Please yeah, come in, yeah, let, us, let us know your thoughts. This is interactive. Uh, Paul, how about you? Um, I'd probably, well, I, I would have piggybacked off of Aris and said uh, being more tech savvy and maybe getting your product out there, so getting the leagues, whatever sport it may be, or maybe YouTube and so on and so forth. But I think if I take a step back, um, even if they were to be on, on these channels, would the product itself be up to scratch? Maybe I'd try and introduce a more some some infrastructure to sports in particular. So maybe academies. So obviously in France you have like and I, and I know that the academies obviously do exist at the moment. We have plenty of academies. There's a big one in Senegal, mm -hmm. one in Ivory Coast. But maybe kind of implementing this across all sports, not just football, and hopefully these academies will create talents that obviously would need better infrastructure, better organisation that would basically improve the products first in Africa, whether it's Nigeria, Ghana. Um, so that's the first thing I would do. Probably more grassroots infrastructures yeah. implemented across all sports, not just say football. Um, over the years, obviously, kind of being interested in this, we've come across so many different sports that actually you probably wouldn't associate with Africa. So I think motorsports in there was a Kenya was it was pretty big. Um and some other crazy sports as well. So just kind of implementing structures across all sports in Africa would be the first thing I would do. Um yeah. 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 Um I was trying to avoid answering this, but he's never made me answer it. So um I was actually gonna piggyback off pause and say infrastructure. But I think I will which may be a bit controversial. Um I think just like a change in mentality, you know, like to just to think a bit more, <laughs> just to think a bit more long term about the actual the goal that Africa has in terms of like talent. If you think of sport, yeah, if you think of sport, not just football, sport in general, like any of the greatest sportsmen 
they're either African or of African descent, not too far down the line of their heritage. And it's like, but yeah, we still lack behind other continents, not just in sport, but like in bigger in terms of like economy and things like that. I think if we can just change our attitude um, and realise what we have and build from that, then I think, yeah, we'll go a very, very long way. Mm. So, um, yeah. That's it, guys. It's an interesting one. Let us know what you think, guys. Yeah, I'm please. intrigued to know what, what, what other people think. So, yeah. Please, Let us uh, know your thoughts. Um, leave a comment. Holla us on um, social media. All of that. Please. Um, yeah, we look forward to hearing from you guys. But thanks for your time. Thank you, guys. Um, that's the end of um, this series that we're doing together and over the fourth podcast. But we'll be back. We'll be more consistent, more good um, content. And please, if you have any ideas as well or topics that you want to hear about, let us know, drop us a comment. I know it's slightly, probably football heavy, but um, yeah, man, we're here to learn and talk about more sports and disciplines too. So yeah, thanks for your time and peace out. Bye guys.